Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 13th Hour Podcast. This is a special episode. It doesn't have a number. It is part of the Like a Hood Ornament uh, segments of the show. It gets its whole episode, and it's being sent out on a non-typical day. Usually the episodes come out on Monday. Uh, this one's coming out sort of end of the week because it is an exclusive episode, and uh, I'll tell you a little bit about it. So special guest this particular episode and is Billy Campbell, who you may know as the Rocketeer. And uh, so this was recorded a, n- a number of months ago, um, and it was recorded as a special thank you to uh, some supporters of these little charity auctions that I did for Lego Rocketeer figures that originally I just made as my, made for my kids, and then I made a bunch of others um, with little packages and, and accessories and stuff like that, because I uh, <laughs> found out that people wanted those things. Uh, and I had no idea that that would be a thing. Got some more parts to make some more. So uh, it's been a fundraiser so far for the organization Hero Initiative, which is a nonprofit which uh, provides like medical and uh, mostly like financial, like a, sort of a financial safety net for um, mostly health related benefits, as, as far as I can tell, uh, for comic book artists who may be working sort of gig to gig or may not have health insurance as part of their jobs. Uh, you know, like if they're freelance or, or whatever. And so it uh, sadly is a resource that um, uh, is uh, is necessary in those cases, um, I think, for a lot of people. But I mean, the services are ob- obviously uh, very, very much appreciated. And so that's there's that. There's going to be some others, I think, in the future um, to benefit the organization, the Harry Cell Leukemia Foundation, which is a national organization. It might be international, but I think it's based in the U.S., uh, I don't know if there's another international organization. It's not a particularly uh, common leukemia, but it is unfortunately the one that uh, took Dave Stevens from us uh, after a protracted course. I don't believe they're on eBay yet. Um, what I'm probably going to do with future auctions is uh, I have a small Etsy uh, store and probably will just put stuff up there and uh, and just have the proceeds go to them. I'll just sort of do it manually. It's, uh, there'll be you know some Rocketeer related stuff where all the proceeds go to one of these two organizations. Um, so anyway, uh, Billy uh, Campbell came on to, uh, to participate with that and to provide a special thank you to those people but uh, who had supported those auctions. But now I'm releasing it to you guys. There is actually a special caveat. So if you're on the Patreon, you have gotten this already. Uh, the, the, the video, well, I should say the, the episode actually comes with video, so to speak. So I annotated the, the podcast with um, some pictures so you can have a reference to what we're talking about. In some cases, um, short video clips. It's very similar to what I did for a very similar kind of project episode for when, when Catherine Mary Stewart came on to talk about Night of the Comet and the, the figures that were made for that particular uh, movie. And so same kind of deal. It's actually a video. Um, I'm not 100% sure why I did this. I think just because the places where you can actually upload stuff tend to be video and, uh, and you know, in large quantities. And, uh, I, you know, so you need a video file. So I figured, well, I could just put a background on there. But, you know, if I'm going to do that, why not just, you know, add, you know, pictures that go along with what we're talking about that turned into its whole thing. Um, and uh, because we, we, we cover a lot of varied topics in this particular episode. And so if you are a regular podcast listener, which if you are, uh, you probably will, uh, uh, will, will be listening to this now. So you can basically, it'll be part of the episode, but then you can unlock the rest actually in video form. So you're actually hearing it in audio only form, but you can unlock the whole thing 
in video slideshow, whatever you want to call it, form uh, by answering a couple of questions about our guests. And it's an, it's not, it's an open book kind of thing. And so our guest, of course, is Billy Campbell. And so there's a couple of little quiz questions that are about aspects of uh, what he's done. And so you can use IMDb or other things like that to, uh, to uh, pick your answers. But your answers to the quiz will actually be the password to unlock the episode. So I'm going to read them to you. So in 1991, Billy Campbell played Killiff Secord, GB pilot, and of course, the Rocketeer. In the late 1990s, Billy played another flyer in the film The Brill Cream Boys with Irish actor Gabriel Bryan. While Mr. Bryan wasn't in The Rocketeer, he was in another Disney picture made around the same time. Which one? A. Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken. B. White Fang. C. Shipwrecked. And D. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. So that's number one. And these, of course, will be in the show notes that go along with the, uh, the episode too, so you don't have to just remember. Uh, number two, Billy Campbell currently calls Norway home. And Shipwrecked was a Norwegian film directed by Niels Gaup. Earlier, in 1987, Mr. Gaup wrote and directed another adventure film released in Norway as Offalas. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. Or if, if I butchered that, I apologize to all the Norwegian listeners. The U.S. title was A, The Never-Ending Story, B, Time Bandits, C, The Young Magician, D, Pathfinder. Okay, number three. Speaking of the 1980s, Rocketeer creator Dave Stevens penned the comic of the Rocketeer's first flight in 1982, or at least that's when, it's, when it came out. The Rocketeer comic had some information on Cliff's background that wasn't in the film. And in fact, you can actually find this information about Cliff Secord's biography if you go to the Dave Stevens website, and there's uh, some headings on the top, and I think it's the one on Rocketeer, and it'll give the bio of Cliff Secord. So anyway, um, it wasn't in the film, um, uh, but it was in the uh, the comic, the original comic. So in the comic, prior to being a stunt pilot, Cliff was A, a circus performer, B, a grocery store stock boy, C, a mechanic, D, a short order cook. Now, speaking of cooks, our fourth one is about one of my favorite things about the Rocketeer. There are many, but uh, speaking of the Rocketeer, one of the beloved parts of the film, comic, and cartoon is the Bulldog Diner, modeled after a real Depression-era diner shaped like a bulldog. The Great Depression spawned many infamous diner dishes, which were also consumed at home, using available resources. Which one of these real dishes was known as SOS? Not the uh, help me. Well, it might be after eating this, but uh, uh, basically shite, as the English would say, on a shingle. A, prune pudding. B, Hoover stew. C, peanut butter and mayo sandwich. Oh, God. <laughs> D, creamed chipped beef on toast. Okay, so take your answers, tally them up, and put them in uh, with no spaces in all lowercase. You'll should have four letters, and one after another sequentially in the order of one to four. That is going to be your password. And obviously, if you don't get it right, you can go back and try again. There's no penalty for that. I will put the link in the show notes. Uh, the uh, episode is on Vimeo. So let's cut away to the episode. You'll see Oh, here, actually, an, an excerpt of this, uh, about, uh, I don't know, 20 minutes into it or something like that, it will uh, cut off and then um, you'll be like, oh, what happened to the rest of it? But 
remember you can access the rest of it by answering these questions or if you're a patreon per person you already have access to it and you can listen to the rest on patreon so uh, thank you for joining thank you for participating in the little quiz sort of thing if you do thank you for billy campbell for coming on and i will talk to you guys in the future
Welcome to the 13th Hour Podcast. I am here with Bill Campbell, and it's such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you for making the time. Well, thanks. Thanks to you, Joshua. Yeah. You know, I, I just have to say, like, I forgot to ask you, what do you want me to call you? In, in the Rocketeer, you're, you're known as Bill, and then uh, yeah. so it's your Billy, and you have Ollie as your Twitter thing. My friends and family uh, uh, call me Ollie for my middle name, Oliver. Sure. Um, I When I first came to Hollywood, I thought, uh, well, I should be more mature, so I, I called myself William. William. Uh, turned out there was a William Campbell who was uh, rather big in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, I guess, and we got our mail got mixed up, so uh, I changed it to Bill. I don't know why Bill. Bill is not a thing I ever, a name I ever liked. It's something you get in the mail. <laughs> uh, and then I... And then I sort of soften that up with with a Y at the end with Billy, because some of my family call me Billy. And then uh, years later, I was like, why didn't I do what I wanted to do all along, which was call myself Ollie, Fair enough. Um, which is after my my granddad, who had the same exact name as as I do, um, or I have the same name he did. And uh, he was known as Ollie. And, and he's, I loved my granddad, and I always wanted to be called I've always wanted to be called Ollie. So Ollie. Okay. There you have it. I like it. Well, feel free to call me Josh. I think only my parents call me Joshua. <laughs> Usually like Joshua. I'm going to call you Joshy. <laughs> I don't think anybody's ever done that before, but feel free. You know, you had asked about how this came to be. So just a quick cliff notes, I guess. You know, when I was a kid, uh, you know, I saw The Rocketeer I, not long after it came out. For a very brief period of time, we got the Disney Channel. And I was probably about 12. And then it was like a year after the movie came out. Um, they had like the world television premiere of The Rocketeer. And we mm. taped it. And I uh, I wore that cassette or that the VHS <laughs> thing out. Uh, over the years, I would get up early to watch it and everything like that. And uh, yeah, I just really liked it. I liked the story. And it, a number of years later, uh, I decided I wanted to write a book. Mm -hmm. And I ended up pulling kind of inspiration from a number of movies that I liked as a kid. So, uh, you know, they were things that oh, they were mostly 80s things, but things like The NeverEnding Story and Labyrinth mm -hmm. and The Last Starfighter. And, and one of them was also The Rocketeer. And so there's mm -hmm. a main character in the book named Logan. And he's kind of a compilation of a number of different, you know, protagonists from those films. And one of them, of course, is Cliff. Yeah, um, he's kind of a little, um, uh, you know, the I, I like remember really liking the Cliff character because he seemed kind of like an older brother type, you know, because mm. uh, I was younger, of course. And he seemed like the kind of guy down the street mm. who was uh, probably take his car apart and there'd be parts strewn all over the place. And, mm. you know, maybe he was uh, he'd run late to things because I was always late to school. And uh, but he was kind of, you know, he had a little bit he had sort of that older brother wisdom, but not quite a parent, you know. Mm. And so I remember really liking that character and kind of liking that he was a little rough around the edges uh, in some ways. And then so kind of took inspiration from that. So anyway, that's why the, the 13th Hour podcast, that's where that comes from. Gotcha. Name of the book. So anyway, you know, fast forward a few decades. And I very, you know, I met very few people that had seen the movie. Um, and it wasn't until like discovering people on the Internet that also liked it that I was like, wow, there's 
lots of other people that have seen it and appreciate yeah. it. And, you know, I don't know if your kids play with Legos, but... Uh, oh, boy, do they. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I was thinking one day, you know, wouldn't it be fun if they were a Lego Rocketeer? And yeah. they don't, you know, they have all these other licensed properties, but they don't have that one. No. So I figured I would make one. And at the time I had gotten into... For the characters in my books, I, I I learned how to make little miniatures of them, like to sculpt them out of clay yeah. and, and cast them in resin. It's just a kind of a fun thing to do. And yeah. I figured, well, if I could do that, I mean, maybe I could make like a, a, a rocket pack and a helmet and stuff like that. And so that's how that came to be. Huh. Huh. Yeah. And so the 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 pieces are of just the, the head and the body. That's all kind of standard. Yeah. But then the uh, let's see if I have one here. Yeah. The uh, the helmets. Uh, yeah. And the uh, the pack fantastic. are are cast out of resin. That's and fantastic. So, and so I just I, you know I I just I I did it for my kids. You know I was like yeah. here here's one of these things. Yeah. Um, and my kids at this point are kind of like oh yeah that you know the, the, I do these things kind of things all the time so they're not really yeah. surprised by it. But then I I I posted a picture on one of the Rocketeer um, Facebook groups, and everybody was like, "I want that! I want that!" And, <laughs> like, I, I never really kind of anticipated that there would be that kind of um, you know demand, demand yeah. for 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 Legos. I, I didn't realize adults played with these things. Yeah. Oh God, do they? And and I, I did I had no idea, I, just zero conception at the time because my kids are just starting starting to get into them of the cost of these things. Yeah, so I don't know if they're I don't know, in the states at least they're incredibly. Yeah, expensive. it's pretty crazy. It's so pretty crazy. I did not feel comfortable selling these because uh, I don't obviously I don't own anything related to the yeah. Rocketeer. Yeah. Um, but I had contacted you know Dave Stevens. We'll talk about Dave Stevens. I mean he has you know he's a sister. Um, yes, of course, Jennifer. Yeah. yeah. And then so I, I I contacted her and said like, hey, I was thinking of uh, making these things you know are there any particular charities and things like that that your family is associated with and she and i just also wanted to see if it was okay with her and she said oh yeah that's fine a lot of the funds go to the harry cell leukemia foundation mm -hmm. you know dave stevens yeah. so i contacted them and had a conversation with one of the representatives and i still have to follow up on that uh because i i was seeing if they could pair with ebay Mm. Um, to to make the process a little bit more streamlined, but there was another organization that also asked that I, that is already kind of associated with eBay called Hero Initiative, and they uh, provide financial and medical benefits for comic book artists. Mm. That's a great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's you know if you happen to be listening to this and you're not from the U.S., you might be wondering why does that need to exist because in the states your uh, health insurance is often tied to your employment status. And so if you are do not have a job that, you know, has those kinds of things like that, you're kind of like, you know, mm. up a creek, you know, and so organizations like that help with that. And so anyway, the first couple of ones that got sold were went to that, mm. so that, mm. that particular organization, they do a lot of good work. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's kind of how that happens. And, uh, you know, they, and, and then I contacted you and uh, asked if you wanted to be a part of it as sort of a, a thank you to the the people that, that, uh, that bought them. And uh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank well, you. I'm uh, I'm happy to, absolutely yeah. happy to. Yeah. As long as I can, uh, at some point in in time, get get my hands on a little rocketeer figure. Well, I have to. Yeah, we can talk offline about that. I can, yeah. I can make some for you and your kids. I, I do have something. I have, I have a bit of a show and tell for you. Um, yeah. Because the the package, uh, the art I used, they, so they come in a little um, a little container like this. Because I didn't know how people sell these. They come in a little 
plastic container and then yep. the sleeve over it that goes like that. That's fantastic. So I drew the picture, but I wasn't so you know, uh, Disney, as people have told me, and I've learned, Disney is is Disney is is kind of possessive of their properties. Even yeah, they, they are. Yep. They do not uh, put any. You know, they don't they don't do anything with. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't use the title Rocketeer on this. Um, yeah. And the eBay listings don't have that. And in fact, they don't even want you putting Lego in there. I guess Lego is a proprietary thing. I guess too. Yeah. So. Yeah, I would think so. It yeah. is. It has to be compatible with Lego or something. You don't. Even, I don't even put Lego in there. Yeah. But so I used uh, the. I don't know if you can see, but the title of it, I used Chinese characters because I don't know if you've seen one of these things, but I found this in a store, a little uh, video CD store in Manhattan, and so this <laughs> is a a, um, a release of the Rocketeer that was, I guess, released in Asia, yeah. and it has. Have you seen VCDs before? No. Yeah, so there uh, it's this format that never really took off in the states, but it's uh, it comes in two discs. They're yeah. um, CDs. This is like a precursor to DVD. Yeah. And uh, I guess VHS tape and humid climates don't go particularly well. No, they don't. So in in Asia and parts of Africa and places like that, you can find movies put out on video CDs and huh. uh, it's like kind of like VHS quality, but um, it's on these little discs, which, you know, unless they get scratched are pretty indestructible yeah. Yeah. and it's a totally legitimate format. It's just that there are a number of bootleg kind of things that are also yeah. in the format. Yeah. Of course. So in, uh, I, I went to school not too far from uh, New York city and every now and then I take a train in and, you used to be able to find these little shops which would sell a lot of these movies. And one day I found the Rocketeer. I was like, oh wow, that's that is a find. And anyway, so the um the way they translate Rocketeer is basically Rocket Man. Yeah. So yeah. um I used um that makes sense. I used that on the uh that's perfect on there. That's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Nobody's gonna nobody's gonna sue you for that. So that's that's how that ha that's how kind of that happens. Um, uh, it it is funny because until I found that, I think I probably found that in college. I had not actually seen the original. I only had that one that we had taped off the TV. And the Disney Channel actually censors a few spots. They take out. I mean, there's not really any objectionable content, but they I think they they say hell in a few parts. They maybe there's a dam or two, and they actually edit that out. So I've only seen the censored, I'd only seen the censored version up to that point. And so when I actually saw this one, I was like, wait a second, is this actually a bootleg? It looks official, <laughs> but they changed a few things. <laughs> so Disney. Yeah. I thought maybe what we could do, you know, before we start talking about some of the other things, I know we talked a little bit about Dave Stevens and I know you mm -hmm. had met him and done some work with him, of course, but, you know, I seem to recall either reading somewhere in preparation for this, that you had actually wanted to draw comics yourself. Mm. Yeah. 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 Did I did. I, about that. I was, uh, from the time I was very young, I was, uh, drawing, uh, and uh, I still draw. I do a I do a drawing a day, just even if it's just a, a scribble. Oh, that's um, I can show you today's drawing. Um, but I've been doing that since I was uh, since I was a super super young young kid. It's just oh, wow, that's that's uh, you're talking, that's definitely more than a scribble. Uh, 
But but I um so I loved um I was never like fanatical about comic books. I was just a um what do you say? I I I had the comic books that I liked. Uh I was never a big superhero person. Sure. Um and uh, it for me comic comics were more about the art. Yeah. And frankly, if uh, if it wasn't uh, if it wasn't Jack Kirby or Joe Kubert, maybe Russ Heath, uh, I really didn't care. Mm -hmm. And um, but primarily it was Jack Kirby, and primarily it was Commandy, the Last Boy on Earth, and uh, uh, I, which I collected from. I have the first through whatever issue it is. It, Jack Kirby stopped drawing it. Mm -hmm. um, so all those beautiful. Uh, beautiful um, issues where he was inking he was inked by d bruce berry i think and i just uh, for yeah so for me it was really about the artwork and uh and i really wanted to draw comics and and i was i was going to go i went up to chicago to go to high school uh where my dad was living and i think i was thinking that after high school, I would um, I would go to New Jersey to Joe Kubert's School of Comic Book Art, mm -hmm. um, which I don't even know if that still exists. But uh, but then while I was in Chicago, I was in commercial art school, and uh, I got a friend of mine. A friend of mine was in an acting class, and I went to sit in on the acting class with him, and uh, I I caught the acting bug, and. Um, and then I chased instead of going east to New Jersey to comic book school, I chased a I chased a girl out to Hollywood, and uh, and that sort of determined the rest of the course of my life. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I wanted to draw comics, so it was a huge, huge thrill for me. And and in in fact, I didn't know anything of the Rocketeer actually when it when it first came about uh i read the script sure. and um i was at the time i was doing i was working at the renaissance fair the southern california renaissance fair and so i had long hair and a beard uh -huh. and um and i read this script and I, I i i don't even think i was really paying attention to it i was i had my head in in uh, shakespeare and, and the renaissance <laughs> fair and um and that's all i could really think about and then what happened i i I think I auditioned for the thing and I walked into the room and with my long hair, my Renaissance fair sure. hair sure. and beard. And I think Joe Johnston and the rest of them were like, who is this guy and why is he here? And I, and I figured that was that I went back working at the fair and drinking a lot of beer and uh, chasing wenches through the streets and all of the fighting with swords yeah, and, fair. <laughs> and, um, and a few weeks later, uh, I got a I got a call for, and they were like, they want you to screen test. And I'm like, for what? <laughs> the Rocketeer, that Rocketeer movie. And I went home and I I you know shook the I shook the uh, sort of the ale out of my head and and read the script again and I went, oh my god, this is actually a kind of a cool movie. Um, I went down to the comic book store. The first thing I did was go down to the comic book store and get the Rocketeer. And I'm standing there looking like a guy from the, you know, the Renaissance in the comic book store. And I open this magazine and I'm like, 
said something obscene really out loud because I was like, what? And because, you know, I look when I'm shaved and everything, I look yeah. substantially kind of like the Rocketeer. Right. And it suddenly it all came crashing on me. I'm like, I could actually get this thing. And I went home and I shaved my beard and I got a haircut to like a 1930s haircut. Sure. And then I, I showed up to the, the studio at Disney to, for a screen test. And uh, uh, I don't even remember what you asked me, but uh, am I am I getting to the point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. Well, yeah. so I show up to Disney uh, for a screen test and it, and it turned out what had happened was they saw everybody in town like crazy people you wouldn't believe. They, they're like Don Johnson and, and uh, you know, crazy people for the part. Sure. And they still couldn't find their guy. And, um, and uh, they, had a, they had a day of screen tests scheduled at the studio. And they, they were like a couple of screen tests short. And Joe just put his finger down the list and said, uh, what, what about this guy? We haven't seen him for, for a month and a half. Uh, Billy Campbell, uh, call him in. And they called me in. Meanwhile, I had got the comic book. I right. got excited. I yeah. shaved my face. I cut my hair. And I went over to the studio. And I, I remember walking in the soundstage door. And the first person I saw who was at the craft service table was Joe Johnston. Mm. And he looked up at me and looked down. And then he looked back up at me. He did a <laughs> double take. And I was like, my heart leapt because I was like, shit, I could get this job. Yeah. I screen tested. And they loved me and everybody loved me as far as I could tell. I thought, I'm getting the movie, I'm getting the movie. And they offered it to Johnny Depp. And then my agent had his office at ICM right next to, they shared a wall with Johnny Depp's agent. And uh, they were, the two agents were kind of good friends. And uh, my agent called me and said, Billy, Billy. Tracy asked me, Tracy's going to have a conversation with Johnny about whether he should do the movie or not. And she asked me to be in the room. And I'm like, what, what? He said, yeah, I'll call you back. And, uh, and uh, he called me back later. Turns out he talked Johnny out of doing the movie. Uh, uh, he, wow. you know, my agent at the time, this guy, Paul Felcher, he could, he could uh, sell ice cubes to the devil. <laughs> and, uh, and he, you know, he started by telling Johnny all the reasons he should do the film. And then he swung around to, but it's a very commercial film and you really want an offbeat career and all of that. So Johnny turned it down and I got the movie. Yeah. There you go. And then that's, uh, I, I, you know, it would be hard to imagine. I mean, I think, it, it, you know, I'm sure he would have done a great job, but I mean, you know. Oh, he would have. He would have been great. He would have been terrific in the movie. Well, to to all of us who appreciate the movie, um, you will always be the Rocketeer. <laughs> I mean, all, all the other things that you've done in life, and all those other kinds of things like that, it's that one one little movie that I think you know yeah. appreciative of. And so, yeah. I and feel the same. I honestly feel the same way. I feel it was. I don't know. It feels like it was meant to happen, but I guess everything does. Yeah, I have a, a copy of the comic. And let's see if I can find it. I'm just opening it randomly to a page. Here's a cliff with a bloody lip. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, see, uh, uh, Dave drew himself. Yeah. He drew himself as the Rocketeer. Yeah. And Dave and I sitting next to each other, at least at the time, uh, you know, we, we might well have been brothers. Yeah. 
And um, though Jennifer says, his sister says she doesn't see the resemblance. Uh, but, um, you know, so anyway, I mean, that's the thing that initially got me so excited was that mm -hmm. standing in the comic book store, I, I opened the book and, and thought, shit, that's me. That's right. me. I, I could get this job. I could get right. this job. You know, and, it's, uh, it's funny you mentioned that I. I had a few comics as as a kid, you know, like a lot of a lot of kids, but I didn't have really have a lot of them. And I occasionally I would when I found out the Rocketeer was actually a comic book, um, because in the movie it says based on a you know graphic novel by Dave Stevens. Hmm. I if I found myself in a comic book shop, I would go and look for it, and I very rarely found it. I, I would go yeah. to the R section, and I would look around, and chances are I wouldn't find it. And then I would go ask the person at the desk, do you have the Rocketeer? And they were like, oh, yeah, we have it. And they would go look, and they wouldn't have it. And uh, so, that I, and then I would kind of not know, know what to do. I'd maybe mm. buy a copy of, of the latest Batman thing for my brother, but I didn't mm. really read much of comics. And so it wasn't really, I think, until maybe eBay or something like that, that I was actually, mm. oh, no, no, no. Actually, um, it was in the, so after the movie came out, I think Dave finally finished the last part of this, the, the, the last part of the story. Mm. And then you could get a, the last part of it, I think it was called Cliff's New York Adventure. Yeah, that's right. And you could get it. It was like 1995 or something like that. And so I saw mm -hmm. that ad in a magazine and I said to my dad, oh, we, we got to get this. We got to get this. And you had to like, you know, you send a check and, you know, six yeah. to eight weeks later, you know, something yeah. arrives. And so that's that's what it was. Yeah, it wasn't until yeah. sort of after the fact. I don't know if I ever successfully found it in the store, aside from maybe there was like a, uh, what do you call it? I don't know if they still make these. Like when a movie comes out, they, they put out a comic book that is like yeah. the adaptation yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, and I yeah. think they do, drew the cover, but he didn't do the art inside. Yeah. Um, and I did find that, I think. Yeah. So uh, well, it was a real thrill for me to, to have been uh, to have been the Rocketeer. Yeah, uh, uh, and to think that I mean, obviously he drew himself into the comic. So but sure. when, when I open it up, I I kind of see me. <laughs> hey, a couple last minute things before you go. Thanks for listening to this show. If you liked it, you can find many more on the website one three thhr.wordpress.com or on your favorite podcasting platform. You can often find behind the scenes information about this show and other things that I do on social media, such as Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You'll see links to those in the show notes. Sometimes people will ask me, how can I help contribute to the show or other things that, that I do? And probably one of the easiest ways is by going over to Facebook and looking up the Facebook group called 13th Hour Arts. And it's a place for not only to discuss these kinds of things, but also for you to share your own creative process and the things that you're doing that bring meaning to your life. You can also do things that are entirely free, such as leaving a review for a book, music, this particular podcast, share it with friends, subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform, email me, W-R-I-T-E-J-O-S-H-U-A-B-L-U-M at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your suggestions and comments. You can also leave a one-time donation over at Coffee, and that's ko-fi slash 13thhr. It's basically like a virtual tip jar, kind of like the sort of thing like a piano player might have at a bar or something like that. For a small amount, you can also leave a donation on a monthly basis at Patreon, and that helps bring new things to this particular show and to support future projects. And that's at 13th Hour Arts. It's also a place for patrons to 
share their own creative process and the things that bring inspiration and meaning to them. I hope by sharing a little bit of the creative process in this particular show, it gets people to cultivate that aspect of their own life and to remember that those things are important even if you are an adult and you may not have time for it. Hopefully by paying attention to those aspects of your own life, you remember your own dreams and aspirations and help create a world and make a world that you want to be in. And at the end of the day, that's sort of what the 13th hour is about. So thanks as always for listening and I'll talk to you guys next week.